During our interview with J.D. Ford on LGBTQ rights, Janice and I also discussed the events that occurred during the special session that started on July 6th, 2022, and ended with Indiana's ban on abortion. J.D. provided us some insight into what happened during that time and describes the events that led to this passage. Additionally, we discussed the Indiana Supreme Court order issued on September 22nd, 2022, allowing abortions to continue in the state while the court determines if the restrictions violate the state's constitution. We hope you find some answers during this additional bonus episode. So <laughs> we said that uh, LGBTQ rights, you know, intersect with um, what's been happening recently. And I really don't know how to talk about this subject because I have a lot of personal feelings and, and I know Janice does too. Um can you give us an idea of what happened in the special session uh, this past month? Sure. Yeah. I mean, just, it, it was just heavy is the best word I can describe. Um, and I am running on fumes at the moment uh, because this uh, special session just really kind of took it out of all of us. Even, even my colleagues on the other side, I know they've got to be exhausted Um But, you know, our governor called us into a special session starting July 6th. And the reason for that was to do economic relief for Hoosiers because, you know, people were experiencing pain at the pump, you know, inflation, you know, uh, groceries were going up. And so, you know, his his thought was, okay, well, we've got a six billion dollar surplus. Let's give that back to the people. And so he proposed a two hundred twenty five dollar inflation economic relief check. And that was the genesis of us coming back into special session. But secretly, I think it was nothing but to get us into the abortion conversation, because don't forget, and you all know that, you know, the Dobbs decision was leaked, you know, the day before the primary. So, um, so they knew that at any moment, this could potentially drop and it did. Um, And so, um, so July 6th came, uh, I was at the state house, I was ready to work for my constituents. Um, but then we were delayed to July 25th, and then that's when we, uh, the Senate started with the uh, Senate Bill 1, uh, which was the abortion legislation. And I will tell you that that bill was terrible. Uh, it had criminal penalties for doctors. Uh, the district that I represent, I have a lot of health care providers, and so that wasn't going to fly with me. Um, we had, uh, we were forcing uh folks, women who went through a very traumatic sexual violent um, episode, uh, rape, uh, to fill out an affidavit. And then we were requiring them to get it notarized. Um, And so, I mean, just the cruelty that that bill uh, was doing was just terrible. Um, It had some provisions in there. I think it was like 12, no, eight weeks. Um, in 12 weeks uh, for rape and incest, and then also depending on the age. Um, and so that left the Senate with all, oh, and the other thing too is um, it had an attorney general uh, concurrent jurisdiction provision in there that said 
that if the Marion County prosecutor, which uh, is a Democratic elected prosecutor in the capital city of, in, you know, Indiana, if that and, and he came out publicly and said he will not prosecute women or doctors. Um, and so the legislature then took it upon ourselves to insert that amendment in there to say that, OK, if the Marion County prosecutor isn't going to do it, then the attorney general of the state will then swoop in, take over jurisdiction and prosecute um, the women, the doctor, whomever. Right. And all while this is going on, we had the national or even the world story of that 10 year old from Ohio right, uh, who came over to Indiana to do an abortion. Um, and, you know, the health, the, the doctor who provided that abortion uh, became very much in the national news because our attorney general um, did not do his homework, <laughs> uh, rushed to Fox News to get on TV as fast as he could um, and made some allegations against that doctor that were um, allegedly, you know, uh, and then, and then that, I think that what we're going to find out that those uh, those weren't true, right? And so she's that doctor, Dr. Bernard, has hired her own counsel and is now su suing our attorney general for defamation, or, or at least setting up for that type of suit. So, so you've got that news story that's happening, plus us being the first in the nation to take this up, um, and the, the vice president of the United States. It came to Indianapolis the very first day of us being in that special session to, to continue to put a spotlight on this issue. Um, and so, you know, that bill left the Senate and went over to the House. Uh, it got a little better uh, in the sense that, you know, they took out the criminal penalties. They took out the affidavit. They took out the um, uh, getting it notarized. But at the end of the day, what we ended up with was a bill that said 10 weeks. 10 weeks. So you I, hope, hope that you know that you are pregnant. Um, and because after that, it could be 10 weeks in one day, you know, and again, the bill doesn't specify a, a timeline or it doesn't really specify who knows that time. I mean, the, the bill was so rushed and so shoddy and it was, it's has Swiss cheese because there's so many holes in that piece of legislation, but we rushed it through. Um, and I will tell you that the one, the one conversation that really got me is, was the rape and incest removal exceptions, right? Um, I remember us, we debated it for many hours inside the Senate chamber. It's freezing cold. It's always that way. You could see our, the state house press corps will always like bring blankets because it's freezing. And I remember having beads of sweat and my armpits were sweating and I had a pit in my stomach. And it wasn't because my body temperature was warm or that I was hot. It was because I was just physically ill. That's the only thing I can think of watching my colleagues get up there one after the other saying how important it is that we must pass this because we need to force women to uh, carry to term. And it was just gross. Is there ever an opportunity at this point for the state of Indiana to put forth a referendum statewide like Kansas did? Indiana does not have a mechanism to do a referendum much like what Kansas did. Now, we do do school board referendums at the local level, but we don't have the ability to do it kind of on a statewide basis. 
Now, we did, Senate Democrats did put up an amendment to the bill as it was moving through the process to do a non-binding resolution to put on the November ballot to say, look, this is a, a big monumental shift in policy. Let's figure out what the people have to say about this, and then we can come back in the 23 session. And if if Hoosiers want this, then you know we'll just have to talk about it in the 23 session. But if Hoosiers don't want this, then let's just pump the brakes, right? We don't got to pump this out. We don't got to be the first in the nation to do this. So we did try to do that. Unfortunately, it was defeated. It was not defeated along party lines. So we recognized that there were some Republicans who were like, okay, yeah, this is a good idea. We should probably do that. Now, Senate Bill 2 was the one that you were just mentioning, Colleen, and that's the bill that was like, okay, well, if this is forced birth, which is exactly what it is, then we're going to see an uptick in DCS and education and schools and, and all this other stuff, right? But it was 45 million bucks. It was not, I mean, that's just that's just a drop in the bucket. And I'll just to kind of give you some context and to, you know, give some context to the viewers. We had an amendment to the state budget in the 21 cycle that fixed the pig barn at the state fair for 50 million. So, you know, you know, priorities, JD, priorities. Yes. <laughs> So there was a bit of snark in my question when I asked. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but the one good thing, which is why I did vote for the bill. So I voted against Senate Bill 1, the abortion bill, but I voted for Senate Bill 2 was because, okay, at least they're starting to recognize that, yes, we do need to do wraparound services for the mother and for the children, right? Um, it also removed the tax on diapers for children. So I was like, I, I can support that, right? But it's not enough. And state house Republicans said that this was just a, a down payment or, you know, just, you know, a, a bridge to more money. But um, it, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good starting point because it, people it's laughable. I mean, this is not going to be enough money to support uh, women and children. And more importantly, Indiana ranks third in the nation for infant and maternal mortality. When the bill finally came down on the final vote, we we could hear as a member of the Senate, I could hear the protesters out in the hallway. Like, and I knew that those were our people, right? Because I had constituents who were like, you know, I'm at the Capitol, come out and say hi. And I would try my best to come out and say hi to them. But it was haunting. That noise, the 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 in fact, the lieutenant governor, this is this is another uh, example. Lieutenant governor picked up the gavel and she banged a gavel and she chastised the uh, visitors in the gallery and said, Gallery, no more. And they're like, it's not us. It's the people outside on the concourse that are stomping their feet so loud that she thought it was coming from the inside the gallery. Um, so I, that noise uh, is kind of seared into my mind. But when the final vote came down, um, my colleagues, my Senate Democratic colleagues went out to the concourse. Um, and when we opened the door, every single woman was sobbing. I will never forget that. And there was nothing that we could say or do, except for just go out there and console them and be with them um, and just let them know that, you know, this is going to be a long, bumpy road, but we're going to be with you every step of the way. And um, and that's that's my commitment to women of our state that can, you know, my constituents is that as long as I'm in this seat, I'm going to continue to keep fighting.
So, Colleen, we had some um, interesting developments that happened after we, we recorded with State Senator uh, J.D. Ford. I know. Um, this is uh, this just happened yesterday. Like, let's say November, not November, September 22nd. Um, I saw it on Instagram first, came through that um, Judge Kelsey Hamilton, so from Owen County, issued a preliminary injunction against the t- Indiana's total abortion ban. So... What is As that? As we mean? talked about in the episode, yeah, like yeah. we knew it was going to go right to the courts, and it did. And now there's an injunction, which temporarily stops the ban, even though the ban technically went into effect, I believe, September fifteenth. Yes. Um. So big, huge news. Obviously, um, if you're you know pro-choice, like this is amazing. Uh, pro-life, they're very upset. They're the Indiana State. Um. Uh, the attorney general has sworn that he's fighting it and appealing it. So, I mean, it's definitely not over, but it's for now, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. So for now, Indiana has gone back to the standards that they had for Mm -hmm. reproductive freedoms, which are, you are allowed to terminate a pregnancy up until 20 weeks. Is that correct? Yeah, it was 20 weeks. Um, and then I think 20 weeks then 20 or 22 weeks after the woman's last menstrual cycle. Okay. So it kind of goes back to that. And um, this isn't contingent on rape or incest, which are almost impossible to prove within a time period. Anyway, um, right. this is literally women have the opportunity to take care of their medical and personal needs when it relates to uh, reproductive freedom in the state of Indiana up until 20 weeks. Correct. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Just make it. What's confusing is that I'm I'm reading this. It's like the ban. Well, first off, like as we discussed, this ban came like right off the heels of Kansas doing the referendum saying they wanted to keep it. So it was to me very unprovoked. Like we I feel like the people of Indiana didn't get a voice. Like, so it just seemed very like, oh, let's get this done now. And it just doesn't, I don't know. It just still doesn't seem like it fit. Um, and I was having a hard time understanding, wait, what is the ban? Because in the media, they kept saying a total ban. And what I'm reading now is that um, it basically was going to restrict them after the 13th week. Um, and then there were exceptions. But I read elsewhere that there wasn't because they kept using the word total ban. Like there just wasn't. So I need to be clear on what that is. But for now, it goes back to the 20, 20 week, 22nd week in okay. terms of. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused about, about the total ban with that. Yeah. I, and I didn't, and I didn't fully understand. I I feel like there are so many nuances and provisions and changes put into bills that, um, you know, what, what's considered a total ban in one state isn't considered, I, I, I don't. I don't right. know how it goes from state to state, but I do think it's interesting because, you know, what we had just heard from um, JD is that Indiana doesn't have a referendum. Um, right. So we couldn't have done what Kansas did. Right. Um, no, you, know, you could do like an opinion one, but you couldn't do an actual mm-hmm. legal referendum um, through votes. Um, and he said that this would go through the courts. That's the only way that you could do it. And I think it's remarkable how quickly that went through the courts, right? 
Oh yeah, they. I mean, they must have been prepared. It was the ACLU of Indiana. Okay. I mean, I think all of these they're you know prepared and they and they knew and so they were able to sue on behalf of abortion providers because basically they were going to lose their license. Yeah. As part of the ban, so again, this is like kind of high level legal stuff about because you need a party right to sue right. on behalf of, and I think their argument was that it goes against the Constitution, um, and it, it's a con- the Indiana Constitution doesn't mention abortion anywhere. So there's just enough legal gray area that the judge was like, we got to do a temporary injunction while we figure this out. So this is just, I mean, I hate to say it, but like a stopgap measure to let, unfortunately, both parties really, but I mean, of course, Indiana is going to appeal. I mean, the attorney general just said, so it's going to give him time as well to build their case. It's going to give, you know, the other side and we'll see. I just, I know we talked offline about this, but it's just like, I feel like there's just, a lot more important stuff going on in the state and nationally that like, this is what we're going to clog up the court systems. I feel like the question has been asked and answered. I feel like it doesn't jive with what the people of Indiana want. Yeah. But who knows? We don't have a referendum. I don't, I don't yeah. No, Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I mean, I don't know. It would be, I think it would be nice to know from state to state um, what the, what the people really do want. Um, and as JD mentioned, things are so gerrymandered. It's really difficult to know whether or not, um, a district is is drawn in a way that actually represents the people I, 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 who live there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You know. All I do know is that what they said here um, about uh, yesterday's events and the and the halting of the ban is that uh, there is reasonable likelihood that decisions about family planning, including decisions about whether to carry a pregnancy to term, are protected by the state constitution. Right. And so on that standard, um, the ban went into, or the, it went into effect, right? Yeah. There's just enough, just yeah. enough there. Um, there's enough of a question to be like, mm, we need to, we need, we need to work on this. And so in the meantime, we're gonna do this injunction. And just yeah. to clarify, I wanted to make sure that I said this correctly. And I'm glad you gave me a second to look this up. I, I was right. Initially, um, Indiana's ban that was supposed to go into effect that did go into effect technically on the 15th on the 15th. Yeah. It was a week. It was a total abortion ban from conception on except in the case and had limited, limited exemptions that the language was very scary for rape, incest, life of the mother and fatal fetal abnormalities. And that's within 13 weeks that you have to determine. It was total from the date of conception. It literally banned all abortions. Except under those reasons. And then like the government, who, who decides like, you know what I mean? It was very unclear. Yeah. Like who do you go and tell somebody, hi, I'm a victim of rape. I'm a victim of incest. Right. Where do I go to fill out a paper so I can go back I, to a doctor? Cause now you're closing all these clinics. I brought so my rapist. Work? I brought my rapist with me. Yeah. He He's can verify that I was sexually assaulted. That he raped me. Um, or yeah, I brought saying. uncle Joe, uncle Joe. Uh, yeah. who has been molesting me for, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't so, graphic, so that I can prove should... it in time yeah. to get an abortion. Like that's, I mean, the people don't understand for somebody who's been raped and actually uses the court system to uh, find justice for uh, the person who violently attacked her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long drawn out process that can take years. And yet right. in order to secure um, decisions that you're making for your reproductive help, health, somehow it doesn't look like there's any specific statute for how you prove that you were 
rape. This is what I'm saying. A the ex- the execution. I mean, it's just of it. it's it's mind blowing. Who know? decides and know what the that. fatal? No, I know. And 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 we talked offline too about our experiences with with friends and and who've unfortunately just you know had miscarriages or any other situation. Um, you know, domestic violence. I mean, these this is life, guys. And I mean, yeah. I, I that you pass a law. Who's enforcing it? So is a cop coming to your door? Yeah. Is he going to sit in on your um, paps, you know, on your pelvic yeah. exam? Yeah. Like what? So when you do things like this and you have no way of moving forward, I think it was the right decision. I think there's too many questions. Obviously, I personally, of course, I'm com- totally, completely against it. Um, um, but I just think there was too many still gray areas. Even if you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know, you know, there's too many gray areas about protecting the life of of the mother you know, who, yeah. who's going to come in the States, you know, the state attorney general is going to come into your delivery room. Like, what are we talking about here? Right. Um, right. And who makes it, who makes the decision, who makes exactly. the decision about your health? I mean, there's so many questions that medicine still can't answer. Can't answer they right. can't predict the future. People who've told they were not going to die from cancer, die from cancer. People who were told that they Live were going to die yeah. from cancer have not died from cancer. How can you make that decision in such a short period of time? Right. That's so critical. Um, well, no, they were saying there was no, just like there was, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea how this would have gone in action. And you know me, I hate rules for the sake of making a rule. And that's what yeah. it was. This was a stupid law yeah. that they rushed through as yep. JD discussed yeah. with no, with no thought to the actual application of it, right. the execution of it on the local state county level they had no protections for doctors. Were, yeah. were they going to arrest doctors or hospitals yeah. going to lose their license? Like yeah. what if they make a decision? Is there some sort of appeals process? What is the legal procedure right. for expediting the, the conviction of a rapist so that the person whom he has impregnated is able to take care of herself? I mean, no, this is why people don't come forward. I mean, it's just another Another it's, thing. This is why you know, it people... just it makes it makes people feel good to say, except for yeah, rape and incest. When we all know there is absolutely no way you mm-hmm. can get that information. Look at what happened to this poor child from Ohio. Right. We're What's... not protecting children. Like we're not, we're not protecting. We're not wrong. protecting fifty percent of the population, allowing yeah. them to make grown up, difficult, heart wrenching decisions. Yeah, I, this isn't this isn't being used as birth control. This is not the narrative no. that goes into they the decisions can't. that women make. I mean, a hundred percent. And you cannot litigate. You cannot create laws for every situation. And I'm sorry, we we live in a literal world. That's why they went to court. Like, liter- like the language of the law can make a judge go one way or the other. Yeah. So there was just not enough protections in there. Um, no. So in, interesting development. Um, to me in the right direction. We'll see what happens. I, again, I, I think this has been asked and answered. I think it's a private health matter. It's a private decision between people. I think it's really should only lie with the, with the pregnant person, but yeah. Again, in other cases when other people have to be involved, um, but definitely not the state legislator of Indiana, <laughs> the state yeah. legislature of Indiana. That's the so- last group of people that need to be involved in such a, personal decision is that. Yeah. So let's, let's, you know, so our, our, our bonus episode here was just to provide some clarity, some context, um, and update, right? Yes. 
And so there's our update. And so there are people in Indiana who are working hard to protect uh, women's rights to make choices regarding their health care. And uh, for those people, I am truly grateful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, ACLU, for, for doing it. I mean, this Thank is you. what we're going to do. We're going to have to just go to court over and over and over again. And yep. um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks, Janice. Thank you.